Hello, internet, and welcome to a podcast all about Twilight. I'm here to answer all the questions you never asked and take a deep dive into the Twilight universe. I'm your host, Grace, and this is To My Chagrin. Welcome back to episode two. I'm joined today by my guest, Laura, who's an awesome friend of mine. Laura, do you want to introduce yourself? Hey, I'm Laura. Um, I am currently not... I'm a nanny. (laughs) I'm in between gigs. Um, And I am so excited to be here. I love Twilight. So, and I have a lot to say about it. So I'm really excited. It's okay. I'm looking for nanny positions this fall too. So we're all in between gigs. It's a panini. So Um, anyway, I'm super excited to have you here. You're always really fun to talk to. And I really love just being able to discuss Twilight with you and like all of my friends, basically. Yeah. And today we're covering chapters four through six of the first book in the Twilight Saga. If it's fine with you, I think we can get started. Let's do it. Chapter four is called Invitations, uh, and it begins with Bella dreaming of Edward Cullen, which becomes kind of, it became a theme at the end of the last one. It ended pretty dramatically. It was like, and that was the first night I dreamed of Edward Cullen. And I was like, shut up. But anyway, (laughs) she dreams of Edward Cullen. She chases him in the dream and she can't seem to catch him. But that's kind of how that goes. And then she goes to school, right? And that's when the boys start fighting. (laughs) Tyler, Mike, and Eric, they all start fighting over Bella. Not in a cat fight type of punching each other in the driveway kind of way, but they just kind of, they get really, they cold shoulder each other. And then Mike and Eric team up against Tyler because Tyler started late in the game. (laughs) It's kind of, it's really dumb, right? (laughs) I'm sorry. I... Okay, I so I listened to your last episode with Emily, um, and I loved that you brought up the pick me energy because I'm so sorry, besties. I want to preface this by saying I'm going to bash on Bella. I'm going to bash on Edward. No, no hate, no disrespect. We can still be friends, but Bella especially is very annoying in this book. Um, like for example that in the very first paragraph she's like to my dismay i found myself the center of attention for the rest of that week wouldn't most normal teenage girls love to be the center of attention between like three other guys fighting over her my thing is that bella is like i'm so plain these boys are just nothing that i want to get with like blah 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 and it's totally fine you don't have to want to be with high school guys especially in like this really small like bum heck town (laughs) (laughs) i know what it's supposed to be but i think my parents would get mad at me for cursing uh exo exo (laughs) gossip girl um but (laughs) you don't have to be interested in these teenage boys I suggest that you aren't interested in any teenage boys, no matter what your age is. Right. And, but Bella's like, I wish that they wouldn't even look at me. Like, girl, you are the new person in town. There's People nobody- People are going to look at you, especially when she's like, I'm, 
I'm pale. I'm so pale, which is ironic because I'm from Arizona and I'm just, I'm so pale. <laughs> and she lets everyone know it. <laughs> she, <laughs> like, I really like Bella, okay? I do. I think she grows into her own, like, later down the line. I love the plain girl, Absolutely. gets yeah. the vampire type of energy. But book one, Bella is the absolute worst. And she's mad at teenage boys for having emotions. Like, so sorry. Sorry, I have feelings for you. Let me just tone that down. She is one of the first people that they have met new, right? Everyone else there, they grew up with. And Mike was new a couple years earlier, but then Mike became, you know, you know, like he became whatever. He became part of Forks. Yeah. Getting heated over Twilight here. <laughs> it's only the first chapter. <laughs> Mike was new a couple years ago, but he became one of like the Forks citizens. And she's like the newest thing in town. Nobody moves to Forks casually. People move out of Forks or they retire there. Literally. And she obviously makes that known. So the fact that she's just annoyed that she's like the new girl and everyone notices her is kind of annoying to me because obviously you're the newest thing in town, probably newer than that shiny Volvo. It's okay that people like you. A Volvo. <laughs> also, I, I would like to say like I drive a Volvo. <laughs> so her hate towards this damn Volvo drives me insane. <laughs> I am so sorry. <laughs> okay, so uh, she's going about her day and she's always looking for Edward Cullen. She even has this statement. She goes, no one else was as aware of Edward as I always was. She's clearly crushing hard, but she takes it. She doesn't really admit it, right? Right. Yeah. Um, and and the thing too that also gets me in this chapter is where she's like he wished he hadn't pulled me from the path of tyler's van there was no other conclusion i could come to <laughs> i'm i'm i mean it's who i'm sorry <laughs> because <laughs> if someone hated you to that extent I, I really don't think that they would blow their cover as a teenage vampire to save some random girl's life. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. No, I think you're totally right. I think that she's taking it way too personally. Edward's obviously being standoffish because he's blowing his cover super hard, saving her life, amongst other things, right? There's right. things that we know as previous readers as people who have read things like Midnight Sun, which we don't really want to talk about yet. Um, <laughs> so let's pretend we don't know it exists. What's that? <laughs> she takes all of Edward's standoff personality as him hating her as opposed to him being another 17 year old boy. <laughs> and <she's> it's really not. <laughs> and it's really awkward for everyone around them because all she does is stare at Edward and <laughs> Edward ignores her the whole time. But because she's always staring at Edward, Bella is noticing all of these vampire things. She notices that the Cullens and the Hale twins never eat. She, <laughs> she notices that they sit at the lunchroom every single day with food in front of them without anything, like without eating it. And the fact that she notices this and nobody else does, 
imagine staring at someone for so long you pick up the most minute details about somebody's life <laughs> i'm choking over here <laughs> i just couldn't imagine i i just, I just the obsession starts so fast in this book. Like there's, I mean, this is only chapter four. Yeah. And, and she's already like infatuated with this guy. Which I don't 100% fault her for, right? Because she is 17 years old. 16, 17? 17, yeah. Okay. She's only 17 years old. And she, it's funny. Okay, side note, it's funny that everyone is 17 years old in this. Every single one of them. Sure, they're in the same grade, but how are they not, like, 16, Exactly. Anyway. (laughs) Exactly. Like, oh, I only made it here because my birthday's in August. (laughs) I'm I'm, I'm young. My birthday's in September. Sorry. Yeah, exactly. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, It's just funny that they had a baby boom. Okay, and so (laughs) she's only 17 years old. This man, this boy what we know is a as a 17 year old Mm -hmm. he saved her life of course she's infatuated with him who wouldn't be if anybody even smiles at me for too long i'm like oh that's that's the one especially when i was like 17 you know (laughs) oh my god yeah yeah i get that and so i don't blame her for her infatuation and the fact that he's you know playing hard to get ignoring her not satisfying her thirst for him it makes sense and so she's a little she is obsessed but i totally get why yeah yeah i don't know like i guess it's just crazy to me because i don't know being 17 i couldn't imagine like also too just like having these elaborate dreams about someone and you know just staring at them all day it's just it's wild it's so wild It is very wild. And so she notices how much he ignores her and she watches as his golden eyes grow perceptibly darker day by day. And she pays a lot of attention to him and it is bumming her out. Yeah. Bella is becoming noticeably depressed. Even Renee, her toxic mom, (laughs) I was going to say like something else, but (laughs) even her toxic distant mom notices how depressed she is. And Bella's like, oh, it's just all the rain, Uh, which sure, that could be part of it. But it's also, she's getting ignored by this guy that she has this huge infatuation with and it's bumming her out. Yeah. Yeah. And I was surprised her mom really did kind of bring that up and like talk to her about it because as you guys talked about on the first episode Renee kind of sucks as a parental figure so yeah I totally yeah (laughs) she really does she sucks as a parental figure (laughs) and so Mike is crushing really hard on Bella and as the chapter goes on he gains confidence he's always sitting by her desk he's sitting on the corner like oh Bella 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 and he completely ignores Edward and everyone ignores Edward but they don't sit next to him and ignore him but Mike is Mike is getting cocky (laughs) he's getting really bold (laughs) and Bella starts to notice people around her a little bit more. She's paying more attention to her classmates as opposed to just Edward. Mm -hmm. She's always noticing Jessica's tone and how she only really wants her there because Bella has like this pseudo popularity. And this is also the chapter where the girls choice dance happens or they start talking about it. And Jessica asks Mike to the dance and he almost rejected her for Bella. (laughs) 
Bella, who has shown no interest in Mike. Jessica is sitting there fawning over this guy, and Mike is like, mm, I'm gonna wait to see if Bella asks me. <laughs> Which I will give Stephanie Meyer that credit because she really does draw like the perfect um oblivious 17-year-old high school guy. Like they're so, I'm sorry, they're so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> they really are. Every 17-year-old is probably the stupidest person I know. <laughs> Sorry if you're 17. Uh, listen to this again when you're 22 and you'll realize. And <laughs> so she does draw this perfect picture of Mike the Oblivious, hoping that the girl that he likes likes him back as opposed to the girl that obviously likes him, who is supposedly prettier than Bella because Bella is so plain. But Mike goes up to Bella, he's sitting there, and he's like, Bella, will you will you ask me to the dance? <laughs> ask me to the dance, Loka. But she shuts him down, and Bella is basically, she's pretty nice about it, I think. She's like, oh, you know, I'm going out of town. I really think you should ask Jessica. And she gets very motherly with him, mm -hmm. and she's like, that's rude of you. You need to tell him. And... So that's kind of how it goes. I think that was probably one of the best scenes of Bella in book one because people have seen it like in the movies and in the other books. Sorry to like go that far, but like she loves to lead people on and gas them up and just to like really let them down not so easily. Um. <laughs> she isn't easy on them, but she's good at saying no. Like 17 year old me would probably have a hard time telling this guy no. But she goes, mm, no. <laughs> um, I'm literally just going to Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> and it's over and she's done. Yeah. Yeah. She really pulled that out of her butt exceptionally well. Because that was kind of, she hadn't even planned that trip yet, right? Like she was kind of just like, I'm, I'm going to Seattle. <laughs> She had been thinking about Seattle just a tiny bit, and she was like, well, this is my perfect chance to get out of this. I'm going to Seattle. There you and, go. <laughs> and so Edward gets a little interested in her. She notices that he looks over, and she, uh, which means she's also watching him all the time. <laughs> she's sitting there talking to Mike out of the corner of her eyes, staring at Edward. <laughs> <laughs> And it's a little bit ridiculous. So she rejects Mike, and Mike is a little dejected, but whatever. Bella is continuing to be obsessed with Edward. She says, it was pathetic, more than pathetic. It was unhealthy. And girl, I am glad you realize this. I need you to go to therapy. I need you to <laughs> schedule an appointment with Esme, who is probably the town therapist and and the town baddie i love esme <laughs> i can't wait until she's like introduced in the books i know um, but you need to go schedule an appointment with a therapist and just talk it out you need to talk about these unhealthy unhealthy actions that you're taking <laughs> <laughs> i couldn't even think of the word no but uh, yeah she it's i Again, another surprising moment for me where Bella's like, yes, this is abnormal. But then I also noticed she was almost kind of in denial of her feelings because then um, she, when Edward starts talking to her again, she was like, I turned slowly, unwillingly. I didn't want to feel what I knew I would feel when I looked at his too perfect face. I like to pretend that we 
don't know what we do know about this book as I'm reading through it. But we do know that he's a vampire and he has all of these vampire traits, which is super, he's super alluring. He mm-hmm. want, he makes people feel super safe so that he can eat them. And it's just part of, it's just part of his genetic makeup or whatever. And I totally get it. He is the town hottie. Him and his siblings and his whole family are just too beautiful for anybody's gaze. And the fact that he saved her life is just setting her up to be completely infatuated with him. Yeah. And this is also the chapter where they start to get a little bit romancy. Love it. Even though it might be unhealthy romance, she... Edward finally talks to her again and it's at the end of class that day and she's about to leave and he goes Bella and she's like his voice shouldn't have been so familiar to me as if I'd known the sound of it my all my life rather than just a few short weeks and like that's super romantic right that's what like kissing in the rain like type of stuff but Bella you haven't spoken to him in six weeks six weeks since you last spoke and the last time you spoke was like the first time you spoke in another six weeks (laughs) it has been months and this man barely talks to you he doesn't talk to anybody so you've only heard his voice like a handful of times because it's not like he's always talking around you or anything like that right and it's just it's romancy but then you put it in perspective of the fact that uh this should not be happening. <laughs> um, it shouldn't. Like he's he literally goes on to like keep warning her, like, um, hey, girl, you shouldn't be my friend. Um, sorry, but it's it's better if we're not friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so weird. And so Edward and Bella, they start talking again. Edward does his vampire thing after she trips and picks up her books really fast, and she doesn't even it doesn't even make her blink she goes he just picked up my books and like girl he wasn't anywhere near you no this part this part geeked me because this one little blurb that Meyer added in here was so unnecessary where she was just like thank you I said icily his eyes narrowed you're welcome he retorted it's so dramatic it's setting up this weird like enemies to lovers existence oh my god and so the day ends, she goes to gym and she can't even think about basketball. She's too focused on Edward Cullen, which she wouldn't be thinking about basketball in the first place. <laughs> She'd still be awkward and fumbling because she doesn't put any effort into trying. Um, <laughs> she blames her Charlie jeans for being that way. And so I have something to say about that when we get there. But yeah, Um, so she gets out to her car later and she sees a man sitting on her car, except not a man. It's a boy. They're all children. And she sees him like leaning up against her car and her heart skips a beat. But it's just Eric. (laughs) Just freaking Eric. And Eric goes. I want you to go to the dance with me. And she goes, isn't it girl's choice? And that whole thing goes down again. The same exact thing that happened with Mike. And she tells him, no, I'm going to Seattle. And he walks away dejected. Edward Cullen is stalking her back at this point. And he walks right by her car. And then he pulls out and he blocks her in, supposedly waiting for his family. And that's when Tyler hops out of his car and asks her too. So this is the third boy, the third boy to come up to her and just say hey uh ask me to the dance and she's like what the 
heartbreak is going on? First of all, this literally would have been my dream at 17 years old. Three guys asking me to ask them to the girls' choice dance. Three boys obsessed with me at a new school, no less. Like, yes, please. <laughs> um, but I can't because I'm pale and I don't know how to dance. <laughs> <laughs> freaking she's psycho i don't know what's wrong with this one and so <laughs> bella gets super mad about this she gets snappy she goes back to being you know rude bella that we've come to know and love over the last three chapters <laughs> three chapters and we already know she's super rude um so she gets mad about this right mm-hmm. um yeah the one quote that stood out to me was when she literally this was like her inner monologue and she was like this could not be happening and then this bitchy comment that she had to make after it where it was like i had to remember it wasn't his fault that mike and eric had already used up my quota of patience for the day um can you just accept that people might maybe like you and want to accept you into their social circle like she like it's it annoys me so badly that she just goes out of her way to be an outcast because she literally doesn't have to. She does go out of her way to be an outcast. Like everyone loves her. Everyone wants her in their lives, except for women, apparently. Um, <laughs> women hate Bella, but <laughs> she really, really hates that these boys like her. And I get that it's a little irritating when somebody you're not interested in is interested in you. Right. But can't really do much about that so yeah she really can't accept that she is liked by people which is pretty annoying yeah she notices that edward is sitting there laughing at her and this is another vampire moment where he's clearly either using his super hearing or reading minds or something because he is just sitting there laughing when he shouldn't be able to tell what's going on this is one thing she notices a lot right she notices that Edward is always listening to things when he shouldn't be able to hear or reacting to things. And you would think that this super old vampire, this 117 year old man would be able to hold hold in his laughter around some teenagers, but no, he's always laughing at people, especially when it comes to Bella. Um, I mean, I guess this is the buildup of some sexual tension possibly maybe um which is just funny considering like you know again what what kind of smut could you get from this book written by a mormon you know (laughs) apparently a lot because 50 shades of gray is a thing um anyway so (laughs) The night comes around and Jessica calls Bella after she's making chicken enchiladas for her father. Uh, Thought that part was important. (laughs) Yum. So Jessica's back to being nice to Bella because once she has Mike, once she has what she wants, she's no longer mean to her. Yeah. And as far as crappy characters go in this book, like I know I've been bashing on Bella, but Jessica really takes the cake. Like she is definitely top three worst characters in this series um and it's not so much as pick me energy because she hasn't really you know she hasn't gone out of her way to do anything to that extent but she's just mean like she literally just uses bella as like her pawn to get 
the guy's attention. So maybe, I don't know, that might be pick me energy now that I'm thinking about it, but whatever you want to call it. She's just a mean girl. <laughs> she is, she really is a mean girl and it it's not good <laughs> at all. There's not a lot that's good about this, but that's kind of how things go, right? The new, the mean girls in town always pick the new girl to be a part of their group. Uh, we saw it in Mean Girls. We saw it in... <laughs> we did. Yeah. We saw it in High School Musical. Like, it's just the thing. <laughs> so Bella is back to cutting her onions and she's literally crying about how she thinks Edward Cullen hates her. And so she's sitting there crying and she goes, it must be the onions, which I thought, I thought it was kind of funny. Um, <laughs> I'll give a negative point to stephanie meyer because she doesn't deserve real points but <laughs> she gets a negative for being funny and <laughs> she's sitting there crying thinking oh edward hates me i don't know what's wrong uh blah 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 and then she's back to thinking edward is beautiful and so she's <laughs> cycling through two thoughts at any given time her two brain cells are working together to go oh i think edward is beautiful oh i think edward hates me oh he's beautiful oh he hates me all the time <laughs> <laughs> it's there it's a lot of chaotic energy going on in this scene um and then also talking about the warm weather moment where she's like it's fine I'm just <laughs> she's like I could I could forget about Edward like I could do it and I could I could move to Hawaii and get a scholarship at the University of Hawaii which is ironic because <laughs> spoiler she's pale and <laughs> She, she another spoiler she tries to go to um university of alaska with edward eventually so yeah she she doesn't think this warm weather thing through very well the same night this is a whole a whole day goes by in this chapter it's wonderful uh the same night she has dinner with her dad and they talk about the dance because of course charlie knows about the dance he's probably has to put officers by the school because that's what dances do <laughs> and she's annoyed at him for existing once again she goes he's like oh bella why don't you go to the dance and she's like oh uh i'm going to seattle that day as long as that's okay but she and i know that you wanted to say a little bit about that part right i have a lot to say about that part so <laughs> she is so mean to Charlie. Like, sorry, this guy literally let you come live with him, helped you get a car. Like, sorry, he exists. Um, where she was like, I didn't want to ask for permission. It set a bad precedent, but it, but I felt rude. So I tacked it on at the end. Charlie does not get an, nearly enough respect in this entire series. And then when she goes on to talk about like, how it's awkward to go to the dance. She doesn't want to do the whole dance scene. And he was like, well, why? Just curious, like dad trying to get into his daughter's head and figure out why. And she's like, well, I didn't get my balance problems from my mother. So again, with the snide remarks, which are getting really annoying because Charlie is the only one with any personality in this series. And if her dad's existence bothers her so much, she really didn't even have to leave Renee. So make it make sense. <laughs> I've been thinking about this one and I don't even know she could legally leave Renee. She is 17 years old. Renee has full custody. He only has partial custody where he only gets visitations during the summer. And the fact that she just like up and left and went with her father, I'm pretty sure that is not legal. <laughs> 
And so she doesn't even have to be doing this. She's so hateful about it for no reason. And also that part where, you know, he asks, oh, why are you going to Seattle? She was, she thought to herself uh, that he said it as if there was nothing better than Forks anywhere else. And I don't think that's what he did. I think he was like, oh, my 17-year-old daughter going to a large city hours away by herself on a Saturday, uh, probably nighttime, two hours away, a city that she's never even been to. He's a police chief. He knows what goes on. And so he's like, oh, why are you going to Seattle? And she goes, because dad, like, I get it. You're 17. You're moody. But please, all this man does is want to care for you. Oh, my God. Literally, I he's so nice to her. And I just don't I, I really don't understand the disrespect like this entire book so far in the first four chapters we just see him being a really good dad to her like I just I I don't it makes me angry <laughs> totally fair and then it's the next day and Edward's a little bit more confident with her he's faster he's talking to her he's being Edward I guess um he's doing a lot of vampire stuff he's running up to her lightning speed she doesn't even notice stuff like that <laughs> it's so dumb and he also starts gaslighting her again oh <laughs> oh i know this is this is one of the reasons why i'm team jacob because well okay so let me start off by saying i don't know if this is a stretch or even weird to say considering these are teenagers and he's technically a hundred and seven however years old but it's almost like stephanie meyer uses gaslighting as a way to highlight like maybe an enemies to lovers trope or even like the sexual tension building up between them or then again maybe she's also just naive and a teenage girl and this vampire is basically like a siren to her so of course it's gonna go right over her head completely um, but like where he says, Bella, it's not my fault if you are exceptionally unobservant. And then Bella goes off on an inner monologue thinking how perfect he is. He really, Bella has no contextualizing skills, right? <laughs> he's like, you're not observing enough. And then she's like, oh, he's so beautiful. <laughs> and it's absolutely sickening. And when he's rude, she is super observant. If he was paying any attention to her, he would know that she notices that he doesn't eat, he doesn't drink, he doesn't blink, he doesn't move. And <laughs> he's so rude about it for no reason. But when it comes to that S. Meyer saying, like, the sexual tension or enemies to lovers thing, I think you're on the right track. She's trying to build up this forbidden romance trope, which is difficult to make happen when all of her work is prudalized. It's not even a word, but we're saying it. it's prudalized <laughs> because she is a Mormon. Prudalized. Uh, look it up. It's probably a word. No, it's not. It probably is. And so everything is made way more prudish because she is a Mormon. And so everything that we would take as like, you know, oh, they're going to get together type of thing is harder to recognize because she's not putting a lot of that romance in because it's not appropriate for them to have that relationship in the first place. Right. It's it's funny to me, too, how, you know, when this series came out, I, I think I started reading Twilight, what? The movies came out in two, or the mo first movie came out in 2008. 
the books were out before that, obviously. So I was probably in like fourth or fifth grade and I, I got it at my school's library. And I remember the librarian be like, that's really inappropriate for a fourth grader. Um, and as I was reading it, I was like, I don't, I wouldn't even say this is inappropriate because it's not like there's like, you know, any explicit content by any means. But I was like, wow, Edward is so dreamy and like chivalrous and like, wow, he would be the perfect boyfriend. And it's just <laughs> wild to me that like, I was, I was pulling a Bella and, and this was going way over my head. Like this toxic ass behavior was going completely over my head. But then again, I was also a fourth grader. So whatever. <laughs> I don't blame fourth grade you. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> so um, Bella and her start talking or Bella and Edward start talking. I think this is at the lunch table, right? He invites her over and he's, doing all this stuff and he's like Bella you're unobservant blah 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 mm -hmm. and they start to argue a little bit about Tyler she's like what the heck did you do that for that was super rude why did you make it like why did you laugh at me like all these things and this is also when they start spiraling into other arguments this is another one of those red flag moments where they can't stick to one argument they just spiral into another oh yeah <laughs> they get really mad at each other and she's like why didn't you just let me die and she's like get away from me i hate you all this stuff she doesn't say that i'm being a little bit melodramatic but so is bella and so you know she's pushing him away even though this whole chapter she's been obsessed with him trying to get him closer and closer to her and the moment he shows interest she's like get out of my life <laughs> like stupid, right sorry stupid shiny volvo owner <laughs> exactly that line <laughs> stuck with me she's like oh you're such a stupid shiny volvo owner shut up <laughs> you really got him there why is the volvo the most important thing to you <laughs> and so bella bella a menace <laughs> she spends like this whole time obsessed over him and the moment he shows her attention she pushes him away and he does the same thing to her he's like you shouldn't be friends with me i'm too dangerous for you <laughs> it's it's a mess too chaotic <laughs> and then you know he goes bella can can I please take you to Seattle? I know your car won't make it there. Uh, it's a hunk of junk. Please let me take you in my shiny Volvo. What the heck? It's an entire 360. <laughs> she is also the, uh, well, I mean, I it's technically Stephanie Meyer writing it, but it really did not age well because then Bella was like, do you have multiple personality disorder? And then she was like, he enunciated every syllable as if he were talking to someone mentally handicapped. Um, that was very unnecessary. <laughs> there is so much unnecessary ableism in this book. And Truly. I've noticed it a couple times before. She's like, do you think that I, that I'm just dumb or something like that? Like she says all these things like multiple personality disorder, mentally handicapped. And it's almost like she's trying to be PC about it because you know, at, in 2008, people would be saying the R word, right? Um, which is totally not okay. In 2008, I wasn't saying the R word, just so you know, but I was also 10. And, <laughs> <laughs> and so everyone like, she, but she's being very like, politically correct she's like mentally handicapped like don't make the joke if you if you're gonna be doing that just don't make the joke yeah if it sounds wrong in any way just maybe edit it out hope that advice helps 
<laughs> and you know indie author and stuff like that so she didn't have a big editor but this is terrible <laughs> it really is especially re- going back and reading it now you're like holy crap <laughs> yeah which it happens when you reread things that are old all the time and so yeah. i think people should be better but i also don't fault it as much because they weren't held to the same standards right but she is at fault for a lot of other things moving on i think bitter bella is very funny the stupid shiny volvo owner line like all that stuff i think that's funny (laughs) so like good for her that was stephanie meyer's attempt at some humor sprinkled into the book (laughs) i think when she attempts it i think she would write a great comedy book i hope she never writes anything again but i think she would write a great comedy book (laughs) (laughs) there i can't remember what chapter it was in maybe it was this one or chapter five where uh she literally writes grr when charlie is talking to her she does she literally goes grr (laughs) i lost it i was literally i highlighted that i gave it a sticky tab and everything i was like this is the best line in all the novels i actually saw this tweet from the official twilight saga twilight saga uh twitter account and they're like drop a line that Bella would say and I wish I had thought of that in the moment and I just gone grr grr I'm not like other girls grr and Edward is super flip-floppy as always he's like Bella you should stay away from me I'm dangerous I'm the bad guy and I think this is also where they have that conversation where she's talking to him and she has like she's like I have a couple theories and they talk about Spider-Man and Batman and venomous spiders (laughs) Which I think is really funny. I think it's really ironic right now because um, Robert Pattinson is actually playing Batman. And oh, I think yeah. it's a beautiful line. And he's super flip-floppy and he's like, you should stay away from me. And it's just getting out of hand. You should, italicize should, stay away from me, he warned. I'll see you in class. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. This fuck, this I don't think my parents want me to say the F word. This man, okay, this freaking man, he's like, you need to stay away from me. And then like, as soon as she moves, he's by her side. <laughs> she drops her books, he picks them up. She literally put down her lid for her bottle cap. He picks it up. It's his now. He is always there. <laughs> and he goes, but stay away from me. Like, you're not staying away from her. <laughs> literally, I don't, I, it's, it's wild. It baffles me. I know. And so they finally start to act like they like each other, kind of. And by that, I mean they start talking to each other after, what, six weeks times two? So 12 weeks, four months, three months, three months. uh, I can do basic math. Ignoring each other. (laughs) And we end this chapter learning three boys are obsessed with Bella. Jessica is kind of a bitch. And Bella finally starts to kind of be nice to people. Uh, Except Charlie. (laughs) Um, Because... Oh, and also, too, like, um, I know that, again, Edward is, like, alluring, and he's, like, a little siren to her because he's a vampire, but um, she, Bella attracts toxic people like crazy in this book. Oh, for sure. It is, it's not fun. And then I want to take a little break here because I'm out of water. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) I'm going to get more water. (laughs) Yay! Anyway, besties, we're back. Oops. One day I'll use that as like an ad break so I can make (laughs) money from this thing. That's the end of chapter four. And any last thoughts on that one? Uh, no. (laughs) 
Bella's annoying and that's it. I love I love Charlie. Yes, queen. <laughs> <laughs> so we get to chapter five and it's called Blood Type, which is whatever. It's funny. <laughs> Bella is once again dazed after talking to Edward Cullen. Dazed is an important one. She gets dazed and dazzled a lot. Mike and Eric are mad at her, but not mad enough to leave her alone. She's, they still walk her to class. They still do all these things. Um, they dote on her, basically. The day passes in a blur for her, she says. She thinks, Bella continues to think she's unappealing. She... <laughs> True. <laughs> she's like i'm so unappealing why does this man hate me blah 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 blah. um she's ignoring her friends once again they're sitting there talking to her and they're like bella 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 and she's like edward cullen <laughs> it's a little bit ridiculous and i'm so sorry i misspoke earlier this chapter is actually where the lunch scene happens earlier they were just talking while walking to class oh yeah 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 and so she looks in the cafeteria and she gets really sad because she doesn't see Edward and she loses her appetite, Laura. She <laughs> loses her appetite. She refuses to eat anything. She just grabs a bottle of lemonade. and That she- lemonade becomes like a, a, a crutch for her anxiety this entire chapter too. It really does. That lemonade is saving this girl's <laughs> life. <laughs> so... Bella sits there and she's like, oh, she walks around, she gets her lemonade and she finally sees Edward and he like lifts up two fingers and he just (laughs) sexy. (laughs) It's absolutely disgusting. He like lifts up a finger and he just like does the thing. I don't even know how to explain it. I wish this was a video format. He just like he beckons her. He beckons her with his (laughs) fingers. It's disgusting. (laughs) So he beckons her over to the lunch table and the reason that she didn't see him was obviously because he wasn't sitting in his normal spot and this is when jessica takes her moment to insult bella she's like why would he want you which then again like props to bella i don't know if i mentioned this when we talked about the last chapter but props to bella for literally not even giving jessica a second thought when she makes these (laughs) like out-of-pocket comments (laughs) If I were Bella, I would be fighting with this woman every single day. I'd be like, you want to meet in the parking lot? I have a big truck. Let me hit you with it. Uh, I'm a Pisces, so I would just cry. But But Bella, but like Jessica is just so rude to Bella all the time. And Bella's just like, whatever. And I applaud her for her calm in the face of adversity. (laughs) And so... Bella and Edward sit together, and this is one of their first, like, long-form conversations. They've never talked twice in a day. And so this this is really the beginning of some romantic gestures. <laughs> um, yeah, you could call it romantic if you just mean, like, continuous gaslighting. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I mean. <laughs> and so... We get the infamous, as long as I'm going to hell line. And so Bella's like, why are you still talking to me? Or why are you talking to me right now? And he's like, well, as long as I'm going to hell, I might as well. (laughs) Which isn't a compliment. I am so sorry. If you equate going to hell to talking to Bella, I don't think that's as much of a compliment as you think it is. Um, Yeah. And also this guy, he also literally keeps saying like, (sighs) 
I'm not going to be a good friend to you. Like you really shouldn't be my friend. Like I always say too much when I'm talking to you. And this is the problem with being my friend. Like I'm not going to be a good friend. So, uh, Miss Girl Bella is just still not getting it. But dear thing, sis. He's literally, it's not even a red flag. It's a stoplight in a busy intersection. And she's sitting there and she goes, oh, I think I can go. (laughs) When she gets hit by another truck, she gets confused. And so (laughs) Edward admits to wanting her here, which is interesting right because he spends this whole time ignoring her not wanting her being just going on and on and just saying oh i don't know why do you want to be my friend we shouldn't be friends blah 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 but then he's like but i want you though (laughs) (laughs) and then he warns her to stay away again (laughs) probably because she's pale and annoying and hates his volvo I also hate his Volvo. Something about it rubs me the wrong way. (laughs) Bella, she's like, I'm trying to figure this man out. Why doesn't he want me? Why does he want me? Blah, 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 blah. Bella is brooding. And she's brooding harder than Edward broods in New Moon. She's... (laughs) I can't say that because that's not true. But she's going through it. And she just can't figure out why this guy is teasing her because that's all it really is in her mind because Mm -hmm. she doesn't understand this danger that's being presented to her and edward is kind of going back to like genesis and everything edward is that apple he is the snake he is everything that is evil in bella's story yeah and so her trying to figure him out is kind of that uh should i really take a bite of this apple type of thing so we're really leading up to some dangerous territory that she doesn't recognize is there because he won't tell her yeah literally just the temptation again we're going back to stephanie meyer really building that up between them that that foundation if you will she is she definitely i think she lays a good foundation with this kind of tear between should they shouldn't they type of thing right Um, and not in a will they won't they always breaking up type of way but in a does bella really recognize the danger that she's in that edward is trying to save her from uh yeah does bella understand too that this guy literally has 90 plus years on her as well uh he's a known killer he's killed people before um but again miss girl's just gonna do her thing she's stubborn and it's not like he can it's not like he can tell her right because obviously there's a lot of vampire laws and his siblings would kick him Mm -hmm. um they'd probably (laughs) kill him like if he kick him if he told like some some brunette plain girl, oh, I'm a vampire. I I think I would kill him. I <laughs> oh, most definitely. If someone blew my cover, I could never forgive that. Like shit would be going down. Pardon my French. And so Bella goes off on him around page ninety in my copy, and she's just she goes off on him she's like why are you so rude to me why don't you do like why do you keep doing this to me like you won't talk to me and now you're talking to me and then you won't talk to me again and it's just she's mad at him and she finally tells him this was the best bella moment 
in the entire series, in my opinion. Like, she is finally showing some personality and standing her ground. And I don't, I, I wouldn't say it's like recognizing, like, oh, yeah, this guy is like toxic, but she's like, hey, you know, if you're going to talk to me, show some damn respect. Thanks. I think that's super important in terms of anybody's relationship. <laughs> they should stand their ground. They should say, like, hey, uh, you don't get to be rude to me. And I think that's totally fair of her. Like, good for you, Bella. Yeah. <laughs> Then their lunch finishes. He takes her little bottle cap and doesn't give it back, I guess. She just throws it out. <laughs> Don't know that if she bottle finished her cap. lemonade. Uh, that lemonade, a huge plot point, probably. Oh, yeah. <laughs> focal point of this entire chapter was the lemonade bottle. Exactly. And so they finish lunch. She gets dazzled once again. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> she says, uh, holy crow, which I've <laughs> never heard. I've never heard holy crow as a saying just like in the last chat just like in the last episode uh you didn't know me from adam i had no clue what that was you've never I, heard holy crow no i've never heard holy crow like a grandparent or anything i have grandparents from like the suburbs of philadelphia so that's like one of their like go-tos like holy crow i thought it was holy cow <laughs> um <laughs> And so, okay, I thought it was holy cow. I didn't know anybody said holy crow. This is once once again another thing I've never heard of. Um, But everyone else around me has. And so, (laughs) (laughs) um, as they're about to leave, he's like, what if I'm the monster? And she's like, I don't believe that. Blah, 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 blah. (laughs) And this this is kind of, it's good on him, right? He should be pushing her away like this but what he should also be doing is literally not talking to her he should move seats he should switch classes i know that he tried to but he could try a little harder um like actually like he could actually try a little harder and it's just it's kind of a mess (laughs) what if i'm not a superhero what if i'm the bad guy I, lo- I actually do like in the movie how they use that quote. I do too. I think the movie quotes that they use that are straight from the book are just the perfect ones. Yeah, iconic. Like they actually are really iconic. I think so too. And I think they're really important. They help convey the story uh, mm-hmm. even better than other written dialogue. And so he says he's not going to class. And she goes, why? And then it's <laughs> blood typing day. So another vampire thing. Wink, wink. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to class. Wink, wink. And so <laughs> Bella is a very dramatic narrator in this part. She's losing her mind watching this man come around. She's literally about to faint. And they're like, are you okay? And she goes, I'm okay. And she just lays her head down on the desk. <laughs> And everyone's like, Bella, what's wrong with you? And if I were Bella, I would have been like, hi, I have a blood phobia. Can I please leave the room? That's all it takes. And she said, no, let me faint in front of everyone. And we go back to her wondering why she's the center of attention. (laughs) She she does stuff like this. She makes herself the center of attention. Oh, my God. Love that for her. (laughs) 
And then, you know, Mike, of course, offers to take her to the nurse. And Mike's, like, kind of dragging her along. She's, like, limping. She's, like, don't touch me. And Mike's, like, trying to get, he's trying to get his savior thing. You know how, you know how she's obsessed with Edward because he saved her from a van. Mike's trying to do the same thing, saving her from blood typing. <laughs> he just wants some of, he wants some of that good good. <laughs> A very eloquent way of putting it. Thank you. <laughs> That's when Edward somehow notices from his car all the way in the parking lot that she is getting dragged along like a dead person. And he like runs over to them and he sounds genuinely concerned. And Bella's surprised about that. She's like, why would he be genuinely concerned? As if he didn't just say, I want you. He said it in plain <laughs> terms. He was like, I want to be around you, Bella. I want. And she goes, oh, like friends. And he goes, sure, you could call it that. Like, Bella, pay attention. <laughs> I, <laughs> she literally, she just doesn't want to be the attention. Um, But this part, I was literally crying <laughs> um because again totally unnecessary but also more funny anecdotes of bella being a picnic girl in this book edward had scooped me up in his arms as easily as if i weighed 10 pounds instead of 110 i lost my mind the 17 year old girl is like i weigh 110 pounds and <laughs> i'm so heavy he picked me up like i was like most babies are like 75 pounds, Bella, like toddlers. You, you could pick so many TikTok sounds in this book alone. Like this would be where TikTok where it's like, this is me, skinny as a needle. It's real. Uh, TikTok is just so relevant. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, they get there and he's like, oh, I thought Mike had killed you. I thought I was going to have to commit murder or something like that. I was like, buddy, you are not joking. You, if somebody had hurt Bella, you probably would have killed them. <laughs> and also, too, just this whole thing is so ironic because Bella faints at the sight of blood and Edward was finding this yeah just so funny like he was like cackling to himself as he should be okay because <laughs> Stephanie she thought this one out this was one of the things when she was making her plan for the book she was like what should be a major plot point and she goes you know what Bella's gonna hate blood blood is gonna bother Bella and I think that is gonna be the funniest thing in the world <laughs> I think that was just something super <laughs> I know she planned that out it, it, truly uh, and honestly props to her because this scene did connect very well to like just the entire plot line so pop off it really did and so Edward kind of admits to reading minds once again. He's like, oh, Mike really loathes me. And she goes, how would you know that? And he goes, uh, I saw it in his face. <laughs> <laughs> and she just takes it. <laughs> again, everything goes over this girl's head. <laughs> as She's so observant. She's so observant. And then as soon as this man talks, she loses all sense. Well, I will say, too, Edward is known throughout the series to just talk in riddles because he's, like, old-timey or whatever. But at the same time, like, babes, it's literally the 21st century. I think we can, you know, up 
our diction and vocab and maybe just say what you mean. <laughs> I know. Like, why doesn't he say, like, why doesn't he talk like us? Like, 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 <laughs> like, 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 babes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and so, um, Mike comes in and he talks to Bella because I'm sure he offered to take someone to the nurse again because he wanted to get back to Bella before Edward got her for two months. They were talking again. He gets really possessive, which I'm really glad that Bella is a little standoffish towards him as to not approve of this behavior, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And while Mike and Bella are talking about LaPush, Edward's just like sitting there and he literally forgets to move. She's like, he's a statue, unblinking and just staring. And I'm like, Edward, breathe, do something. And I know, I know, he's sitting there not moving because he is a vampire. He's surrounded by people's blood. He needs to <laughs> chill out a little bit, but it's a mess. Edward is forgetting to move, and it's kind of funny, and I totally get it, but whatever. Edward <laughs> decides to get her out of class because she's like, oh, I don't want to go to gym because she dreads gym, which every high schooler did unless you're, you know, one of those kids. <laughs> <laughs> it's always gym for Bella, though. Like, this girl hates gym class. She's like, I can't, I can't do volleyball. I can't do basketball. It's because she's clumsy, Laura, remember? <laughs> and so... <laughs> Edward decides to drive her home, and this is where some bonding moments happen. He's listening to classical music, and she's like, is this Debussy? And he goes, you know Debussy? (laughs) I'm sorry. If you're referencing the TikTok, yes. Keep going. Sorry, um, I will never say that right just because I think it's funny. And they bond over it and she pulls out pulls out how she's just like her mom again or like her favorite parts of her mom. And she's like, oh, my mom would listen to it. I can promise you, Renee would not be listening to like Sonata number five. Ren- Renee-, Renee is listening. Renee is listening to Migos. She is out at the bar. She is dancing on tables. She's having a great time. She is not thinking of Bella or encouraging her or influencing her to listen to Debussy. Uh, (laughs) Renee is a Britney Spears fan. Renee is listening to Eagles Hotel California. She she is taking uh, Elsa. LSD and she is vibing to music. She is not listening to classical music unless it is to experience a better high. Hi, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and this uh this is all our headcanon. Please, any Renee lovers, one, you shouldn't listen to this podcast, and two, <laughs> Renee probably does drugs. <laughs> and so she talks about how much she loves Renee and she talks about how much she hates Charlie. She doesn't say it explicitly, but she's like, ugh, Charlie. Yeah, because she, it, it's this, again, these snide comments where she finds way too many cons in resembling, in resembling her dad over Renee. And that's really sad, again, because this guy literally cares about her so much, brought her into his home, bought her, or, yeah, bought her the truck. So, come on. Charlie is so slept on. 
Yeah, she definitely gets this um, dislike for Charlie, though. It's straight from her mother. Her mother despises everything that has to do with Forks. And she kind of, like, not to be in a we hate women and divorced parents, blah, blah, blah. Like, I'm not like that. It's But Renee poisoned Bella's mind against Forks, against Charlie. She she poisoned Bella's mind against Charlie, against Forks. It just, she wasn't good to people (laughs) she wasn't good to bella in the way that she raised her oh absolutely bella acts really mature here uh i think edward mentions it at some point he's like oh you so you're a grown-up blah blah blah, something which is uh but the thing is is like i don't know i can see it as she's not really mature because her naive personality outweighs that maturity i think her maturity is an act to like appease her mother and know that like she's okay living with charlie like she's good but i don't think i don't think that (laughs) bella is mature as she is naive yeah i think that renee we also kind of learn as things go on that you know, she would cook, she would clean, she takes care of everything. And Bella is, Renee made her take care of her. And so like, she has this level of maturity in terms of she can take care of herself. But there's a lot of emotional immaturity. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, And so they flirt a little bit. They're like, oh, you like Debussy? You like Debussy? Like all that stuff. And then they part ways. And uh, he's like, well, Bella, I won't be here tomorrow. I'm going camping in the mountains with my brother. And he mentions the specific mountains, but gosh, if I can remember. (laughs) Goat something. Yeah. Goat and, rocks. Yeah, goat rocks, something like that. <laughs> and he's like, Bella, promise me you won't hurt yourself. And she's like, Ugh, okay. <laughs> Which is whatever. Love it. And that's really the end of chapter five. We have some important parts there where, you know, Bella and Edward, they finally start talking to each other again. We learn a little bit about her, her thought process when it comes to edward like fully so she's been obsessing about him for the last couple of chapters but when they finally talk it's really hard for her to have fully coherent thoughts but when they're apart from each other there's a lot more coherency and ability to pay attention you know yeah i i feel like this chapter was pivotal in the sense uh you really do understand where bella is coming from and her attraction to edward and just who she is as a person for sure we're starting to learn a little bit more about bella bella is off of that she's getting off of that horse of let me be mean to everyone to make sure nobody likes me because she realizes (laughs) it's not working so we move on to chapter six, which is called Scary Stories. Ooh. Chapter six is a wild one. So um, we're going to get into that. <laughs> <laughs> Mike doesn't tell anyone about how Edward kind of saved her again, uh, which Bella really appreciates. She did not want to hear Jessica's shit, which she definitely would have given her because, you know, Jessica is she's obsessed with the fact that nobody could like Bella over her (laughs) except everyone likes Bella over her. Literally. Oh, again, as you said, like, these people grew up together. Like, they're probably just tired of her. And, like, for someone to come into Forks out of the blue, they're like, heck yeah, finally, something new, something fresh. Like, I'm on it. Exactly. It's like 
Why would you want the old six day old seafood when you can have the fresh one? <laughs> Perfect comparison. <laughs> and so Jessica's like, oh, what did Edward want? And she wants a lot of gossip. And Bella's like, no, I don't gossip. <laughs> she, <laughs> she's like, oh, nothing, nothing happened, blah, 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 blah. And Bella makes a lot of notes in her inner monologue. She's like, Jessica's a really bad friend. She only wants me around for her own enjoyment and when i don't bring her joy she doesn't want me and bella starts to become more obsessive again oh oh uh in the last chapter she also invited edward to come to la push with them which obviously right. didn't happen wonder why <laughs> <laughs> wink wink wonder uh this is actually the chapter we find out and so bella is still obsessive all she does is think about edward breathe about Edward, sleep about Edward, eat about Edward. <laughs> right. And we're introduced to a newer, new-ish character, Lauren. And Lauren is the mean girl. They're walking out of lunch and Lauren's like, Bella's an ugly blah, blah, blah. I don't know what she's really saying, but Mike's like, leave her alone. She's my friend. <laughs> yeah, which first of all, good for Mike. Yeah, where she was like, don't know why Bella, she sneered my name doesn't just sit with the colons from now on. So <laughs> insecurities coming through. <laughs> I know. She sat with one cullen away from the other ones. And Lauren's like, why does that bitch not leave? <laughs> and it's so weird. It, it's and well, also going back and reading this again many years later, I I guess it's because I was so accustomed to I've seen the movies more than I've read the books and in the movies we don't see Lauren correct no Lauren and Jessica's character is kind of conflated in the movies yeah um where Jessica becomes even meaner than she already is <laughs> oh my god and then you know it's the next night since Edward's not there nothing at school important happens <laughs> and she has dinner or it's the same night obviously it's nighttime and she has dinner with charlie and she charlie's happy for her he's like oh you have friends you're going to la push like this is amazing and she's like okay and all she wants to do is talk about edward and you can really tell in this part that charlie is worried for her in terms of she doesn't go out like it's pretty obvious she goes to school she comes home she goes to school she comes home and this is probably going to be one of her first outings since she got there like two or three months ago mm -hmm. and it's pretty obvious that charlie worries for her about her mental health about her well-being everything like that he and so he gets really excited that she has these friends and that she's going to the beach with them and instead of talking about that she's like what about goat mountain <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And it, well, also too, really quick, also notice too that Mel is like, I think he feels guilty for leaving me home alone on the weekends. Um, so I let your dad be happy for you. Yeah, he definitely, he did spend a lot of years fishing by himself, being pretty much alone, just like with his friends. Like, he obviously wasn't alone. He had friends. But he didn't have a daughter to care for and you know he still likes to go fishing and it's not like she would spend the time with him anyway so if he didn't stay home she'd just be in her room avoiding him and so yeah exactly but she gets kind of annoyed at him he she's like oh well he's too in the habit of doing it I'm like no he knows you he pays attention to you or at least he's trying to because yeah. like this is the first time 
in a long time, he's been able to be with her one-on-one and see how she is as almost a functioning adult, you know? Yeah, she used to make him take only, like, four weeks to be together, like, out of the whole time that they were supposed to be together, and it just really sucked. It becomes the next day, and they meet at uh, something that's not in the movies, which is Newton's Olympic Outfitters, which is Mike's parents' (laughs) Olympic Outfitters store. Loving the name. (laughs) And I think it's just a very funny thing to exist right i love the world building that seems really unimportant but if it wasn't there it would just be so awkward yeah um it i i talk about that later on when they pull a push but yeah i i really like this scene because also i feel like it really introduces the background characters a lot more and you know for like all of them together as a group which is like really interesting to see compared to Bella, who we know just loves being an outcast. Yeah, Yeah, I think it's very interesting. I like how there's way more people in the books than there are in the movies. Yeah. Uh, In the movies, there's like the main four and then Tyler sometimes shows up because, you know, they need someone black, I guess. And um, (laughs) but, you know, they just kind of but in the movies, there's just so many more people, which is really nice. Oh, yeah, absolutely. This is where they are driving to La Push, and Bella finally admits that where she is is kind of beautiful. There's really nice imagery. Like, everything is going on. Everything that's going on around her is just absolutely beautiful. And they get to La Push, and there's this really sweet kind of, like, tender moment between her and Mike. And he goes, have you ever, like, seen the bonfire? And she goes, oh, yeah, I've seen, like, a couple. And he goes, well, have you ever seen one with, like, salt in it? And it has, like, these beautiful blue flames, which I just think is such a sweet moment. It is, yeah. And then, yeah, the this dialogue, like, obviously the dialogue throughout Twilight and the rest of the series it's it it sucks but the one thing that um stephanie meyer really excelled at uh was the world building as you said and she honestly made the vision of works and la push so easy to envision for the reader um and i really appreciated this chapter for that reason because before the movies came out i was like oh my gosh like this place actually sounds like awesome like I want to hike it I want to go to La Push like it sounds gorgeous it is absolutely gorgeous and they go to like this whirlpool and she wants to get closer but obviously she's like oh Edward is Edward would get mad at me (laughs) I have to stay safe which is wild (laughs) that would be the last thing I would think about if I'm like sitting by a whirlpool in like this gorgeous beach surrounded by like stunning what are they like the fir trees or whatever oh my gosh I know and the only reason she goes on this hike is to avoid interacting with Lauren who is just the absolute worst and so when they get back Lauren and Tyler are hanging out with some native boys and this is where it starts to get dicey um, on Stephanie Meyer's part so (laughs) I'll get into that and so they're hanging out with some native boys and this is the first time we meet Jacob I think there was a slight mention of him they mentioned Billy Black but they didn't really mention Jacob earlier and so (laughs) 
she this is the first mention of Jacob and they're sitting there eating and Bella finally realizes she really likes Angela. Angela is so calm and she's peaceful and Angela doesn't bother her. Oh, Angela, again, another character that slept on Angela. She's great. And she was a really good friend to Bella down the road. She really is. And then, you know, Jacob, he sees Bella and because Bella's the most beautiful girl in Forks, he, <laughs> he gets all up in her business. And <laughs> he comes over and he goes, you're Isabella Swan, right? And she gets annoyed. <laughs> of course. Isabella is her name. It's okay. <laughs> and it's very obvious Jacob thinks she's beautiful and they talk about how they used to know each other as kids and she used to hang out with Jacob's twin sisters who one is in college and the other one is married yeah and I think she said they're only like two years older than her if that yeah so they're only a couple years older than her and Bella gets a little existential about that she's like what the heck yeah (laughs) why is not my life like that because you're in high school (laughs) And Bella thinks Jacob is really easy to talk to, which he is, because he's exciting, he's nice, he's very friendly. He doesn't really, he has a little bit of an ulterior motive because he does find her attractive. But compared to everyone else, there's way less ulterior motive than, like, Lauren or Jessica or Mike, you know? Right, yeah. And he's, again, he's another, like, Charlie, he's another character with personality in this series. I love Jacob so much. I think he's a really good friend to Bella from the start. Um, Inevitably, he He does get a little crazy there. So Jacob, again, like Charlie, he is one of the characters with so much personality in this series. Um, Again, I'm team Jacob. Um, I think he was just such a good friend to Bella from the start. Um, yes, down the road, he did get crazy, but he also, in in the beginning of the series, especially this book and New Moon, he deserved better, I must say. (laughs) I do think at the beginning of the series, Jacob is really set up to be this interesting, important character. Um, side note, I recently found out that Jacob is the name of one of S. Meyer's brothers, uh, which makes this incredibly more creepy than it ever should have been so in case you wanted to know that (laughs) so in case you wanted your day ruined um play this part for all of your friends when you recommend this podcast to them and (laughs) just let them know that jacob is the brother of stephanie meyer so this is where lauren tries to start drama again she yells over to Bella and she goes too bad the cullens didn't come uh which like why well why was again unnecessary but go on (laughs) (laughs) so you know she gets all like weird about it she's like too bad the collins didn't come and then another indigenous kid he comes up and he's like the collins don't come here and this obviously piqued bella's interest of course because we're going back to bella's obsession Exactly. The Collins are so much more interesting to her than anything else in Forks. Uh, yeah, literally every, this whirlpool I'm by right now, this natural whirlpool and these beautiful trees and mountains, they mean nothing to me because Edward Cullen lives in Forks. 
Exactly. And uh, so Bella decides to use Jacob's kindness to her advantage. And she's like, you want to go on a walk? Oh, my God. She decides to flirt her way into learning more about the Cullens. Which, why would she assume that they knew about it? (laughs) Like, obviously, he did say the Cullens don't come here. But it could just be like, oh, we've never seen them. Yeah, truly. But she's obsessed. (laughs) (laughs) She really is. And so Jacob does confirm that Cullens aren't allowed to come onto the reservation. And this is when he starts talking about the old legends. And so this is where S. Meyer really takes cultural appropriation, cultural abuse to the next level. Even the Quailute tribe has had to come out with websites and and written documents and essays and stuff all about how these legends are inaccurate and harmful. And so I just want to touch on that before we talk about it. Uh, We're only going to talk about it in context of this book and knowing that this is fiction because it's really important to respect uh, indigenous culture, any culture really. And S. Meyer didn't give the Quailute tribes any money from the culture that she took and used to gain her thousands and millions of dollars. And there was just total cultural disrespect in both the book and the movie all throughout the whole thing. And so I just wanted to touch on that a little bit. Um, I think in the show notes, I'm going to include a donation link and information link to the Quailute tribe just to kind of uh, talk about that because they are also trying to move to higher land because right now the land that they are currently inhabiting because of climate change is uh, causing people to drown. Um, like they, their land is, they're losing it to sea level, which really, really blows. Oh um, and you know, if they had gotten money from S. Meyer, maybe they could have afforded to move there right. without a crowdfunding. Um, so I'm definitely gonna include that information in the show notes. And I just wanted to touch on that before we get into this uh, heinous as, they would say in the SVU opener, crimes against people because this is, the way that this happens is just super out of pocket. You can tell she found them on like Google and was just like, oh, I want to use them. Yeah. <laughs> kind of just like taking any like minute information, not really like digging into it and then just like spitting out like facts. Yeah, exactly. And she should have really stuck to mostly vampires and werewolves without adding the indigenous aspect to it yeah because one like saying indigenous peoples are animals is just like so wrong on so many levels and two like werewolf and vampire culture isn't something you can appropriate Mm -hmm. yeah and also too i i i mean obviously you see it a lot in the first book but i think the cultural appropriation gets worse as the series goes on so this is just like the foundation of it oh yeah I think that it there's nothing really good that comes out of the use of the Quaaloo culture like it was just a mistake on her part and it was it wasn't even a mistake like it was purposeful but it was just so wrong on so many levels Mm -hmm. um but I just needed people to know that i don't want to look over that type of thing and so uh going back to the book she learns a lot about the quaalute tribe and how there was um these old legends that influence the current tribal elders Mm -hmm. this um 
that's actually what stood out to me too is how uh, she really brought in Christianity again into the legends that she was talking about um, because she she had Jacob reference the flood and Noah's Ark um, in the Quileute lineage. She did. And where does Noah's Ark have anything to do? Like she, he said the great flood and then he goes, oh, you know, the one from Noah's Ark. Like he didn't have to do that. Yeah. Bella's, like Bella's not that dumb that she wouldn't understand that multiple different religions have similar aspects to them. Right. Exactly. It, it, again, it was just another thing where it was necessary content on Stephanie Meyer's part. It really was. And... So this is also where they talk about the cold ones. And this is the part that really Bella latches on to. She doesn't really think about much else what he says. <laughs> but uh, he, uh, Jacob says that the Quailites are descended from wolves. And he, we would call them werewolves and vampires. And he talks about how they're natural born enemies. And how they believe at his tribe that humans are at risk as long as vampires are around. And he even mentions how the vampires aren't just old vampires. It's the Cullens. Like, it's Edward, it's Carlisle, it's Esme, it's Rosalie, it's Emmett. Mm -hmm. Like, it's all of them. Right. Um, and how they used to only have, what, five of them? And then they added two more. And so there's seven. Possibly. Yeah. That sounds right. <laughs> that sounds right. <laughs> And so there's seven of them now, and it's the same people as back with his, like, great-great-grandfather. And when Jacob is done with his story, he says another offensive line. Oh, yeah, 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 he does. And he goes, you must think we're some superstitious natives. And yep. that was just so unnecessary. Oh, like, yeah. Bella was taking it in, and S. Meyer was just like, let me make sure that we make sure that Bella, that Jacob thinks that this is a joke and I don't want Jacob is the son of the tribe like the tribal chief mm -hmm. he wouldn't I don't think that he would think it was a joke especially when he's super ingrained in indigenous culture like it's not like he attends Forks High School or anything like that like yeah his life takes place on the reservation and yeah young people are more cynical about their culture than older people but I think Jacob would have more respect for his culture than he shows to Bella. I, he, Jacob actually tells Bella at one point that he doesn't come into Fork and he's not in town. Like he doesn't talk to a lot of the residents of Forks very often. Yeah. Like he talks about how he's always, he's always on the reservation. Like he, she's one of the first people that he gets to interact with and mm -hmm. He wants to go to Forks more often because obviously it's new and exciting to him, but I don't think that he would hold so much like disrespect that S. Meyer says he does. No, and I mean, this is a stretch considering, again, we go back to cultural appropriation, but I mean, in, what was it? I guess it was the Eclipse movie. They have that flashback scene where they talk about the legends and um of the Quileute tribe and it they have the they have Jacob's dad sitting there telling everybody on the reservation the, the stories um so I don't I, I definitely don't think he tries to stray from his lineage whatsoever so it really is sad to see Stephanie Meyer kind of just 
using Quileute heritage as kind of just like a pawn to make the whole plot more interesting, you know? Yeah, and I think that's one of like the most messed up parts. Yeah. Um, but he is done with his story and Mike comes up because he got worried and he started looking for Bella and he gets super jealous of Jacob as if Jacob isn't 15 years old. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jacob gets jealous in return and he gets all like, I'll see you in town, Bella. Because um, <laughs> he, he wants to get on Mike's nerves and I think I give that to Jacob. I think that's a little funny. <laughs> I also too, I kind of like how it really just shows kind of like um a difference in maturity levels because we see Jacob as kind of like this like little 15 year old doesn't have his license yet but he's gonna get his license and he's gonna come into town and he's gonna hang out with Bella so I thought yeah I thought that was cute yeah I think that uh that's also kind of why Bella's like oh you're too young for me like type Mm -hmm. of thing because there's always a little bit of a different level of maturity there which I understand yeah, absolutely. Um, and so they mentioned about seeing each other later, and that's the end of the chapter. What a whirlwind. I wonder what happens next. <laughs> oh, I wonder. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the end of the chapters that we're talking about. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about in terms of Twilight? No, I feel like I got a lot of my issues out in the open now, and it was very refreshing because I've been holding a lot of them in um yeah just Bella really sucks in this book but as as we've said she really does get better and and the dialogue does grow and deepen a little more as the series goes on which I appreciate because you show it shows like growth in Stephanie Meyer too yeah I agree like while reading it it just gets better and better in terms of like dialogue and plot devices and stuff like that mm-hmm. and so yeah this was really fun thank you so much laura I, oh my gosh thank you so much for having me this really was so fun i think talking about twilight is one of my favorite things uh obviously why i'm here <laughs> keep doing it people we this needs to be talked about <laughs> This is the important issues, not uh, racial justice, nothing like that. Um, yep. <laughs> disclaimer, I am a black woman. I do care. Please do not take that seriously. <laughs> um, so, yeah. And I know that you run a bookstagram, Laura. Do you want to I talk about that? I do. Um, my best friend, Megan, and I, we both run a bookstagram account. Um, if you would love to follow us, we would very much appreciate it. Uh, it's um, books underscore with underscore besties. Um, again, you can follow us on Instagram and we post book reviews, our favorite quotes. We post a whole bunch of things. So again, if you want to give us a follow, we'd appreciate that. And yeah. Thank you, Grace. This was fun. Thank you, Laura. I really thought this was a lot of fun. And in case in post when uh, if your audio didn't fully record, uh, I'm so sorry. We had internet difficulties. Um, (laughs) So yay, team. I'm going to do my best. (laughs) Thank you so much. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. So thank you. Um, I'll definitely put your books with besties in the show notes so that people don't have to remember that and that they can just (laughs) click on the link. (laughs) Thank y'all. Cool. So thank you. I guess that's really it. 
Awesome. Um, if you ever want me back, I would love to talk about New Moon with you. I have a lot to say. <laughs> I definitely think I'm going to have like everyone back at some point. It's definitely awesome. going to happen. Awesome. Love it. Yeah. Well, thank you again. Of course. Thank you. This was really fun. I'm going to stop my recording. Hi, everyone. This is the end of the episode. I want to give a special thanks to Andy Valentine on Fiverr for the music and Instagram user Lenovato for the podcast art. Both of their information will be linked in the show notes. This podcast is hosted, produced, and edited by me, Grace. And if you like this podcast and want more Twilight content, follow me on Twitter at ChagrinPod or on Instagram, also at ChagrinPod. And if you really like this podcast, share this with a friend who also loves Twilight or a friend who hates it, because how else will they learn to love it? Doesn't quite matter to me who you send it to, but send it out. Don't have any friends? That's okay. You can leave a review on Apple Podcasts and hopes that a stranger on the internet finds it. This has been To My Chagrin, and I'll see you next time.